Good morning. God bless each of you richly this morning. What a blessing it was to be together and to worship, sing, and uh, study on contentment. It is a blessing to be here with you again. Just a, a little update and just a little glimpse into uh, Shenandoah. We'll say this, if you haven't uh, ever had the opportunity to come uh, visit us, uh, please do so. A little town, you drive through the town and you wonder why did you ever move here? If you've never been there, you may wonder that. I've had many people ask me that. You moved from Myerstown to Shenandoah, from a farm to this rundown little town? Why? And uh, when I tell them the vision that we had many years ago and what we were looking for to plant a church in, in an area where there's very little Anabaptist witness, lots of need, in a poverty-stricken area, they say you're at the right place. And so that encourages me when they connect with the vision. But we're there. God is working. Um, our school is uh, three weeks yet till we wrap up another school year. And we have a youth group coming. Uh, we have summer Bible school the first week of June. We changed that. Right after Bible clubs, we're going to have summer Bible school. We have a youth group from Upton coming for the whole week. We're going to do a couple uh, uh, upgrades to the school building, painting and soundproofing some walls and some things like that. And we're looking forward to that. And praise the Lord, we have all our teachers in place for next year. Now that is, if you've never been there and done that, you maybe can't relate to going down to... Uh, weeks before school starts and it's not uh, I'm talking to different missions where the need is great prison chaplains and prisons are open again but they don't have staff it's it's just uh, a glimpse into the throne room of God I believe if you will you get a picture of God in the throne room just feeling this this need for laborers and if you can relate to that and share that vision. And, and, uh, but that, that's something that we have went through and I, I've experienced. Uh, God supplied. We always uh, kept school going. But this year we have four, three teachers returning and another teacher just said yes. And so, wow. I just want to thank the Lord for a long time for laborers who are willing to work. So we're, we're excited about that. Uh, some opportunities in the block, some family moved into the block and uh, came to Bible clubs and just inch by inch, they got to know us a little better. We had them in our home and enrolled two of their children in our school and uh, just their opening up. Last week had sat down with a father and we had a meal together at Rob's Twinquist and uh, it's just good things happening. So that's a little glimpse into Shenandoah. Please visit us sometime. The fields are white in the harvest. There's a lack of hunger there, but there is people that are searching for the Lord. 
and just one hour north of here. Tremendous need. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled Watchful Prayer. I just finished a series of uh, sermons from Ephesians 6 where we have the, uh, the great text of uh, putting on the whole armor of God. It's the second time in my ministry that I preached through that, and uh, I would want to do it the third time and the fourth. It is, uh, it is just a wonderful text to just park there for a while and to see the urgency that Paul gives to each one of us. We're in a battle. Be strong in the Lord and the power of the might. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against someone just a little bigger than I, six foot six and 250 pounds and arms ready to beat you up. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness and the battle is described there. And if you look at that and you study that and dwell on that verse for a little bit, you'd come to the same conclusion as Paul did. Put it on. You're going out into a battle whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not, whether you uh, want it or not. You're going out into a battle every day. Put on the whole armor of God. And if you go through the armor, every one of them is something that it's not a once and done experience where you get dressed and now you're dressed. But it's, it's, a, it's a growing experience, and you go through all of them, the truth. I hope that you're all searching for truth this morning. If you're not searching for truth, and more truth, and God, give me truth. We're living in days of great apostasy and, and deception. We need truth. We need preachers and teachers to teach truth. And you'll never get it all. So it's something that you're growing in. The breastplate of righteousness, imputed righteousness, and then imparted righteousness where we're living righteously. We need to be growing in righteousness. And it's part of the, the protection, the breastplate. And then your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Brothers and sisters, we need to be people that can open our mouth and talk about the Lord. Right? And it's just your feet shod. Just a word for the Lord and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You feel like your feet are always shod? We need to grow, right? All of these we have to grow in. The faith, shield of faith. You need more faith? We need more faith. We can ever be growing in our faith. And then the helmet of salvation. My theology on the helmet of salvation is I am saved. And I'm being saved. And one day I will finally be completely saved. I don't know if that theology of salvation fits your understanding. But uh, we have to be walking with the Lord and experiencing continual salvation, ongoing 
experience and relationship with God. And then uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the rhema of God. We have the sword of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, get your sword out and use it. It's the spoken Word of God, a rhema, where you can speak the Word of God. I'd love to preach a sermon on every one of them. and I, It's powerful. But we, we need to put on the whole armor of God. And then at the end... We have praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So there we have the text where I will be drawing the sermon from that verse there, watchful prayer. We need to be growing in this as well and experiencing a prayer life. So we have the picture here of a soldier and whether you see this as part of the armor or not, I, I believe it is, and it is a very powerful part of our lives that is neglected many times. If we're honest, it is neglected, and probably we all stand in need of growth. If we take a look and a glimpse into our prayer lives, I don't know what we would see, but I will say that I am growing in this area and, and sensing a need to grow. A good soldier is fully armed, out in battle, engaging in battle, and has on the whole armor of God, growing in each one of them. And we're standing in an evil day, and here the, pic the soldier is here pictured as falling down on his knees or on his face in watchful prayer or standing up or whatever posture you uh, are comfortable with. But it's a soldier that is in prayer, watchful prayer. We're going to think about prayer and watching. The first point I have is uh, continual prayer. It says here, praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication or petitions. Praying always. The early church was described as a praying church, and I. this is what it says about uh, in the book of Acts. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. They're in the book of Acts chapter 1. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit. They were gathered together in one accord had Minister's Week uh, one year, uh, we were asked to share if you could choose one part of history in church history or the Bible that you could live and experience. All the way back in the Old Testament or New Testament, if you could choose one, which one would it be? We all had to go up and choose one. I had many. But this would be one of mine that I would choose. I don't know if it would be number one, but it would definitely be in the top ten. The day of Pentecost. I'd have loved to see it. I'd have loved, I read about it, but like Jim said in Grenada, stories of the Bible, just being there, I think would mean so much more how they were, but the part that, yeah, the much mighty rushing wind the Holy Spirit coming down upon each one of them. You picture 120, about a 
setting like this, not very big, 120 faithful Jewish people together in one accord praying and waiting for the promise of the Father and suddenly comes the mighty rushing wind and, and the fire of God came down and rested upon each one of them. Fire on your head and coming inside. Wow. But, but prayer was very much a part of that. I, I, I'd be happy if the church today, I'd be very blessed, I should say, if the church today could experience that one accord in prayer and just together like they were there in the book of Acts. Well, they were described as a praying church. They were together waiting on the promise of the Father and, and they uh, did receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and we also received the promise of the Holy Spirit as well. And now we are in the New Covenant and the New Testament where the Spirit of God lives inside and we can have that fire burning inside of us and we can have the presence of God within all the time, every day of our lives, if we can walk and experience that. And prayer, I believe, is part of this experience. Move forward in the book of Acts where it says, Acts 6, 4, but we... Can will continually, this is where the deacons were ordained, uh, they said we cannot leave the preaching of the word and prayer so they to serve tables so they ordained deacons to serve in, in that office. And they said this, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So praying continually is to be part of our lives, I believe, today as well. To be described, can Waterworks be described as a church that is praying continually? I trust it is. Paul told the Thessalonians to pray continually. He told the Philippians, in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And yes, he tells us the same, to be continually in prayer. <clears throat> the word continually means to be an earnest toward or to be uh, persevere by constantly, be constantly diligent. <clears throat> so I have a question. Can we, is it possible to pray always? Or can we be continually in prayer? I'm assuming most of uh, you men have jobs and you go to work. Women, we have a lot of uh, uh, women here with children. Can you pray always? Or what does he mean here by praying always? I'd love some feedback, but uh, I want you to just think about that. So in prayer, we think about like this morning, there was a time of prayer, prayer requests, and we prayed. Um, tomorrow, when Monday morning, we go to work, and we're working hard possibly, and whatever we're doing, can we be praying while we're working, or uh, every minute of your day and all the time? <clears throat> Well, John Wesley said this, and, and it helps me understand. 
that uh, he said this, my heart is ever lifted toward God at all times and in all places. I like that. That's very simplistic, but John Wesley uh, was, yes, um, a very great leader, and I believe he had a very great prayer life. But no matter where you're at, at work, I hope you can say yes you can be in a spirit and an attitude. My, my heart is ever lifted towards God. Even while you're in, in uh, a hard day at work, you're, maybe some of you work at the office and on the computer and you're thinking a lot. And so you're not really, God, help me today. Pray for our missionaries and da-da-da. And then back to your computer and back and forth. But a heart, a heart that is ever lifted towards God every part of your day, I believe, can be in an attitude and spirit of prayer. We cannot have closet prayer all the time or, or our morning prayers. Uh, we have our prayer times, but we cannot be praying in that way all the time. I believe we should be seeking as much of that as we can. And I believe those times are very special, and, and, and those are times when we get alone with God. I believe that uh, a closet, Jesus said, when you pray, you should enter into your closet. So I hope, I hope that you have a place that you can refer to as your closet. And a closet, what Jesus meant was to go in and shut the door and then pray. Now, you can't do that all day long. Some days I'd love to, and I had some times of solitude when I was having revival meetings. I had a house, and I had some times of solitude, and I locked the doors and put the blinds down to make sure nobody's peeking in on me, and I just had a wonderful time. I, did, I, I just love times of solitude like that, and, and it's hard to to set time aside for those closet experience where you shut your busy schedule out and you turn your cell phone off, possibly, hopefully, off. Do we know how to do that anymore? Cell phone off? Is that risky? <laughs> I, I think we have to do some of those things. You know, you might miss a call, but you can call them back. I remember days where there was no cell phones and life, we did life without phones. But, but my point here is a closet experience and having times where we have those meaningful times of prayer as well, but also as John Wesley said, even at work, even mothers with children, whatever it is, going through sickness or whatever your lot in life is, you might feel busy at times, you might feel overwhelmed, but your heart can be ever in a, a uh, attitude of prayer and lifted towards God in your mind and spirit and heart. So I believe that's what Paul is saying here. Praying always means that we are people of prayer. And when you're going through a tough time and when you're going through uh, difficulty and you're struggling in, in, in an area of your life, sometimes we're slow to just take it to the Lord. Sing the song, Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer.
Let's remember that. Petitions. With prayer and supplication for in the spirit and watching with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we have the picture of the saints here and the, the people of God, but petitions with all prayer and supplications. Paul requested prayer for himself, and I would like to suggest that a prayer journal or a prayer list helps. I don't know if any of you have a prayer book or something that uh, I could tell you, hey, would you put me on your prayer list? Or, or maybe someone's going through and, and people do that for me. They, they remind me they, that I'm on their prayer list every day. I have some people praying for me every day. And I was like, wow. And then we mentioned someone who's uh, struggling uh, with sickness or whatever. They're on the prayer list. And so they're a retired couple. And uh, they have time. And they have a prayer journal or prayer book. In Shenandoah, we have uh, men's support groups. And we have five men that meet once a month. And, and we are going through disciplines of the godly man. And one of them is prayer, discipline of prayer. So this kind of birthed out of that, but we all decided to start a prayer journal and a prayer list, a book or whatever it is. All of us men have different ways. Some use note cards and uh, keep them in their Bible, but we write things down. And so I have a book. I didn't bring it along, but I uh, started one, and it's just an organized way of uh, praying with special prayer requests and start with some Bible verses and then for me the first page is family. My wife and my children and now it's our grandchildren are on the first page. And I want to say this that I your children should know and be assured that you pray for them always always and if you're in a busy schedule and you uh, your prayers you know how things are I'll just be very honest sometimes I just am in a rush Should I get to my Bible reading I like when I have time I really do uh, I like when I have plenty of time for Bible reading going through the Bible and and going through Samuel right now and just a time just to think about it and 10, 15 minutes, just Bible. I, I love that. And then prayer. But if, if, I'm, and if I'm busy or whatever, family is first. So you at least get your family prayers and pray for your children. Specific prayers. And, and praise God when he answers those, prayer, those prayers. Pray for them when they get older that God would set aside a, a wife for your sons, even at a young age. And describe that wife. And then, wow, when God answers that prayer, uh, submissive, one that's going to love our son and, and daughters, uh, that God would uh, lead young men who are leaders 
So that has been part of my prayers often. And we have two weddings coming up. So God answered those prayers. Two weddings coming up this summer, so praise the Lord. You know, Pray for your family, then your, uh, your church, specifically missionaries that are out in the field. I, I think they should know that uh, you're praying for them. I'm blessed. I will say this. Marstown has been a sending church over the years. Many missionaries are going out, and I, I think that's a sign of, of a healthy church. When, when missionaries are serving the field, we have many missionaries out in the field from Marstown, and we have a little church planted in Laboree. Brother Jim and Joyce were there for years, and a church is going on there. It was kind of an out growth of, of Myerstown and a church in Shenandoah, a church in Waterwork, and missionaries going out. If churches are not reproducing themselves, uh, I believe that there's, uh, there's needs. I, I believe churches are made to reproduce and, and going out into the mission field is, is just a healthy sign. And, and I believe it is healthy when churches are praying. Let them know. Missionaries, church leaders, it is such a blessing when we know that uh, people are praying for us. New Christians, those that are lost, the sick, just add to your prayer list whatever uh, works for you. But I would recommend a prayer organized list that you're working through. Won't get through it all. Mine, I don't get through every day, but it's, it's just an organ. I try my best. And, and uh, the most pressing needs, I'll be praying for them. I already mentioned a prayer, prayer closet. I believe a prayer closet helps with uh, concentration and, and helps you to avoid distractions. Much as you can, I hope that you have a prayer closet that you can relate uh, to going there and shutting the door and just having some quiet time. And then regular times can keep you uh, scheduled in your prayers. And I, I, I would also like to say this, that I, I think it is at minimum, at minimum, I think there might be some days and there are some days that all I do is just start your day in the morning. I don't know if you first thing you get up, you kneel beside your bed to pray and the last thing you pray before you go to bed. That's what I would say at minimum. You should at least have that. Now that's, that's pretty lukewarm if you're only there. But at minimum. I would recommend that. Just start your day and end your day. However that fits, and you put your own prayer uh, schedules together and prayer closets and your prayer lists and organization, but, but just so that we can be described and waterworks can be described as praying always. That's my point. That's my thrust. That's my encouragement that you're men and women of prayer and that you can, can be growing in it. I'm sensing in my own life that 
yes, I need to grow in this, and, and I'm sure we all would say the same. The second point is praying in the Spirit. He says here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So what does he mean when he says pray in the Spirit? That is the second point, and there's a few scriptures that bring, shed light on this thought. Uh, Jude 1.20, it says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So here, he says, praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, praying in the Spirit. So what does he mean when he says, praying in the Spirit? I'd love to hear feedback here as well, but we don't have time to talk uh, a lot about this in a lesson. But I, I'm going to give you one scripture that I think sheds light on this the best, and that is Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn there, you can. I'm going to look at a few verses here in Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, where we get a picture into what it means, as I understand it, praying in the Spirit. Let's look at Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Then you read on, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. So you see all things working together but uh, for good to them that love the Lord. But the Spirit, it says, helps our infirmities. The Spirit helps us in our weakness and our prayers. There are times when we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Have any of you ever felt that? You don't really know how to pray. How do I express myself? You really don't have words. And maybe you're just falling on your face before the Lord and you're just maybe groaning or you're crying or you're, you're uh, hurting or you're troubled or you're unsure about a circumstance or you're, you're burdened or whatever it is and, and you don't really have words. That's okay. It says here that we are there at times and I will say that I am there at times I love the picture here of the Spirit of God inside no, connecting to that connecting to your feelings connecting to your heart connecting to your circumstances and caring deeply about it. the picture here is that the Spirit of God groans with groanings. I don't know what you think about when you think about the Spirit of God groaning. I'd love to just back up a little bit, but the whole creation is groaning in, in uh, groaning in the bondage of corruption, waiting for the deliverance for redemption. All creation is just groaning and how long till we are redeemed from this curse 
until we get the new heaven and the new earth. So the picture of the whole creation is groaning. And we ourselves, it says, with, uh, in verse 23, that have the first fruits of the Spirit, we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. So there we have, we are groaning as well in our bodies. How long till we get a new body? I'm hurting here and my knees are wearing out and this and that and everything else. And the older you get, right, Chris? The more it comes. But there's this groan. How long till I can get out of this tent and into this permanent house, this body that, that'll be forever? And now we have the spirit also is groaning with groans, which touches my heart here. So I, I think when we, I'm talking about praying in the spirit here. Likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for it as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So, what I see here is the Spirit of God living inside, just feeling for us, caring about us, knowing what we're going through, and taking that to the Father with intercessions for you and I. Now, does that touch your heart? It touches my heart. And the groanings, what I see here, is just a deep care and a concern. And going through something that's hard, the Spirit of God's just right there alongside, groaning to the Father and, and interceding for us. Father, can you help? Verse 27, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. So he that searcheth the heart, here's the Father, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. So the Father and the Spirit are connected here in their intercessions. The Spirit of God lives inside and he's interceding for us to the Father. And the Father knows the, the mind of the Spirit. So there's this connection. And Jesus Christ, it says, is in the throne room of glory interceding as well. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all concerned about you and me. And they're interceding according, and so the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. They, they know what's best. And then you have the great verse after that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So you're going through something and you don't really know and understand all the time the Spirit of God inside cares deeply about what you're going through. The Spirit inside of us is interceding to the Father and in a harmony with the Father's will and, and for our lives and all these things. We, we read in our Sunday school lesson these things happened to Paul for the furtherance of the gospel. And I think those things happen to us as well. So, to pray in the Spirit, I believe we could say that uh, we pray with the Spirit or the Spirit of God joins us in our prayers. And I like that picture where he, the Spirit of God, infuses his prayers with our prayers. 
So you have this strong connection, the intercession of the Spirit and our prayers. Maybe we don't have words, but there's a lot going on in the Spirit if you're praying always. And you're in an attitude of prayer and you don't have words, that's okay. The Spirit of God knows. And He's praying. And you're crying, maybe. You're on your face crying to the Lord. You're in tears. The Spirit knows. And your prayers are infused together with the Spirit. And I want to tell you, the closet will, will really enhance this experience. If you have time in the closet when you're, when you're carrying a burden, when God lays a burden on your heart, keep on praying in the Spirit. And maybe your prayer journal put on the top, pray in the Spirit. Have this powerful experience happening in your life. The last point is watching. Watchful prayer. Back to Ephesians chapter 6. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So you see prayer uh, and watching go together. Watching is uh, the meaning of the word watch is to keep awake, to be vigilant, to be awake, and to be uh, alert, if you will. Be alert and awake and watching. Many verses in the Bible we could look, look at to bring out this point, but awake thou that sleepest. The church at large today is sleeping. They're not watching or alert. They're not tuned into God, not walking with God. They're not alive and healthy. But uh, we are called as individuals and churches to be watching and to be awake and to be alert. And we, we can see what's going on around us and we can see the condition of the world. and We can see the condition of our neighbor that's lost and we can see a brother who's backsliding and falling into sin. We're awake and we're, we're spiritually alert and, and connected to what's going on. So it is very important that we're, we're awake. It's not a good thing when, when a preacher is preaching and people fall asleep. Because I'm very generous when, when that happens. Because <laughs> I can't say that it never happened to me. But when people fall asleep, and if everybody falls asleep, I guarantee you I'm going to sit down. Guarantee, I'm not preaching to a sleeping crowd. But we need to be awake and we need to be alive and we need to be, be, uh, be tuned in to, to what God wants to do in your life and, and what God wants to do in this church and, and what the needs are in this church. We need to be tuned in. We need to be awake. And in prayer, watching not only for our own lives, but for those around us. picture of this we see in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was there being tested and tried 
in temptation there. He came with his disciples into the garden and he left them here and he went a stone's throw, it says, further and he fell down and he began to pray. You see a picture of prayer right there. Jesus, God alone, he said to his disciples, I think he had them in two different places, maybe the Peter, James, and John, I'm not sure exactly, three of them, he said, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Watch. In other words, be awake. This is intense. What's happening right here is either a win or a lose. This is, we need everybody engaged. It's almost like a, a do or die. He, either Jesus passes the test and salvation comes to the whole world or he loses and he gives into temptation and Satan wins. And we know what happened. Jesus went alone. They fell asleep. He came back to him the first time. Could you not watch one hour? He went back and he fell on his face and prayed the same thing the second time. And he came back and they were sleeping. And he went again the third time, sweating great drops of blood. He carried it himself. And he came back the third time. He said, sleep on. I won the battle. I'm going to the cross. And he, he won by himself. And, and we are not made to face life's battles alone. Jesus did right there. God the Father was with him. But uh, So this is just a picture of where we as a church need to be reminded to be alert and watching watching and awake and and be careful because yes temptation comes knocking on our door as well <clears throat> we need to also be watching for the lord's return great parable the 10 virgins i love that picture matthew 25 we have three parables to get a glimpse into what it will be like when jesus comes back and i i love those three pictures the 10 virgins is crystal clear in my mind how, how it will be. There's, there's 10 virgins that were invited to the wedding and while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They didn't take oil in their lamps and the wise went and bought oil and the illustration there is they kept alert and watching and waiting and they were ready when Jesus came. And when Jesus, when the bridegroom came, the foolish came begging, can I have your oil? They said, no, now is the time to buy your oil. Now is the time. They didn't do it when it was time, and they went to buy, and they missed the wedding. And at the end of the parable, Jesus said, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So there's... There's the crutch of the, the parable there. Watch and be ready, always. We are called to watch for souls. <clears throat> In Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Leaders of the context there that are called to watch for the souls. And it is, a, it is a serious calling 
to, to be alert and to be watching the spiritual condition of the flock. And it says that they must give an account. And so it is a, it is a serious calling and it, it's, a, it's, it's a calling that calls us to, to be alert and to be awake and to be watching and doing everything we can to help people in their spiritual journey. I believe this can also apply to parents. Parents, watch for your children. Be watching and be connected and be uh, investing into their lives so that you can help them in their spiritual journey. Watch for your family and your children and grandchildren. Teachers, I believe that uh, can apply as well to uh, teachers and and I believe it also can apply to a brotherhood as well. Watch for each other. If you see someone falling into sin, don't just say, well, big deal. No, just watch and be alert and invest what you can. Do everything you can for your brother and your sisters in the Lord. So we're all watching for each other. <clears throat> a little glimpse into Paul's life. He says this in Acts 20. 31, therefore watch, he's calling leaders to watch and remember that by the space of three years, I ceased not to warn everyone day and night with tears. I believe Paul is serious and honest when he said that that's a little glimpse into his ministry and his commitment. I ceased not to warn everyone with tears for three years. Just doing everything he can to make sure that everyone is in a healthy condition uh, with the Lord. So in conclusion, we must have watchful prayer because we're in an evil day. We, we are in the evil day. The evil day can apply to uh, just a, a circumstance, a real time of testing in, in an individual life. We go through times of testing. So Let's be watching and praying because of the time that we're living in and because of the days are evil. Put on the whole armor of God. As you go out into battle, put on the whole armor of God. Grow in every area of the armor there in Ephesians chapter 6. Continual prayer is a spirit and attitude of prayer every day, all day long. We can be in a spirit and attitude of prayer. And <clears throat> we also need our, our closet and organized prayer life where we get alone with God as much as we can. And then praying in the spirits. I believe this is where our prayer life comes alive where we can picture and be connected to the Holy Spirit of God and his prayers are infused with our prayers and we are just uh, connected to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit through intercession with groanings. We connect to that. And lastly, being alert. We need to be awake, we need to be alert, and we need to be faithful when the Lord comes. Let's pray. Father, 
Thank you for this challenge in Scripture, and I pray that all of us together would uh, step forward and apply this to our own lives as needed, and to be uh, diligent in cultivating watchful prayer in, in our lives. Bless this church. May spiritual growth continue to come. And I pray that uh, your name could be honored and glorified by each one, each family, and each life that is represented here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. And uh, Ben, you have a